What's up, guys? Welcome back to Pretty Suited Podcast. It's your girl, Lauren Williamson, and I am back for episode two. Yay, clap it up for me. Um, I do want to start by saying thank you guys so much for your support, your likes, your reshares. I just received nothing but encouraging words these past few days. Now, I do want to say I did change the name. Um, I know that in the first episode, it said um, Lauren Williamson TV. Um, but I said, you know what, let me kind of dial in exactly on what I want this podcast to be and pretty suited. Um, let me explain what that means. So for example, if you want to be well suited or pretty suited for a job or position, you want to be very, uh, capable of doing the job, right? So you're well suited, you're pretty suited for that job. Um, I think that should apply to every aspect of your life. I think that you should want to be well suited or pretty suited for anything that you do, whether you are a mom, whether you are a employee, whether you are a basketball player, whatever it is that you want to do, you want to be the best at it. You want to be the best for that position. So pretty suited to me is just this community. Um, we're just doing a lot of self, you know, work, a lot of self-improvement. Also just learning about different things in the workplace, how to, you know, manage that workspace as a millennial, you know, like how we think about things, how we're navigating through you know our 20s and 30s and 40s right so so pretty suited is also a double entendre um, not only are you well suited for the job on paper but you're also pretty suited visually right so um, I wanted to kind of incorporate the whole picture of what um, kind of millennial boss and what that means so the first topic we're going to talk about today is what kind of woman are you and I know that can be a very gaslighting kind of word you know oftentimes we see in a lot of these podcasts or a lot of these um, blog topics is what kind of woman are you and what do you bring to the table I just I just get nauseous thinking about that term what do you bring to the table Um, so I'm not going to even go that route because there's plenty of conversations about that but what I would like to talk about is you know I a couple years back I did start Robert Greene's The Art of Seduction and Robert Greene is also known for his famous book 48 Laws of Power and I know most people especially men may have read this book to kind of be more strategic in how they move right especially if you want to be in a corporate world if you want to be a boss if you want to be an entrepreneur you know that book kind of tells you you know how to strategically get to be the top position so the art of seduction to me I thought was just as equally as important because while it may not just be talking about you being sexy and how to get a man it's not talking about that you know really I think the real conversation is how to seduce you know your way to the top and seduction is not just about sex it can literally just be charm right and charisma so I thought why not read that too that's just as important as trying to you know play chess and not checkers right I would say majority of women have a bit of each characteristic like for me on a random Wednesday I might be the natural you might see me in my natural state I don't want to wear any makeup I'm wearing my natural hair I am you know fasting from you know white meat so chicken and turkey I'm going straight vegetarian for that week you know to try to detox my body that just might be me that week and then one week I might just be I'm feeling myself right so I 
I'm dressing up more throughout the week. I'm wearing makeup every day. I have my lashes. I have my, maybe my assets, you know, a little bit highlighted, if you know what I mean. Because that's just kind of how I feel. So I feel like it. you shouldn't just put yourself into different boxes um, and just say, I'm only this. But just have a little bit of both. And in that way, you know, um, you kind of can be flexible depending on the situation. What kind of characteristics do you um, see yourself having more of that Robert Greene describes in the uh, Art of Seduction? So please just let me know below. Let me know in the comments and, and let me know how that has worked for you. So speaking of the different type of woman and and what that even means, and, and that can be very misleading because the term woman is so broad, right? So vast, so descriptive, like you can't really just narrow it down to certain small categories or certain adjectives. Um, but women can possess both feminine and masculine energy. And some women have more masculine energy than feminine energy. Some women may have more feminine energy than masculine energy. And that's okay. And depending on your upbringing and circumstances, some, some of the masculine and feminine energy can wax and wane, right? So we have to just be careful when we say that, oh, um, you're too masculine. It's like, okay, I have masculine energy as well. And then just in this instance, I may need to exude more than, uh, than feminine energy. So speaking of that, in this conversation that I saw on Instagram, um, they were having, I think the, um, podcast or the show is called tonight's conversation cards. I guess these is cards where you're able to bring up different topics and kind of have a round table debate or discussion about it. Just check this clip out. Woman, women are passionate about stuff. Sometimes a woman has a point. Sometimes when a woman says, hey, this actually really hurts me, we, we say it in different tones. A lot of times men are like, I don't like that in which you say, the way, how, the way you say it. A lot of the times it's, I don't like what you're saying. And the fact that you're saying it aggressively, confidently, like you know how you feel. Or loudly or boldly. Or loudly or boldly. Mm -hmm. You're too masculine. Yeah. You need to shut it the f down because I don't like it. And what it does is it intimidates me. Having having a confident attitude and having courage to speak up for yourself is automatically equated to masculinity. So as you can see in this clip, you know, <laughs> I'm going to bring it back to the career in the workspace, which is because this podcast does talk about women in the workplace, right? So... I've worked in several different kind of spaces, whether it's a hospital um, or a corporate setting, um, even in academia. And I will tell you this, I could not have gotten where I am now if it wasn't for my assertiveness. I mean, I'm not saying that you cannot, you know, climb ranks and you can't, you know, uh, be a leader, be just only being masculine. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that leadership comes with you being capable of making decisions, being confident in those decisions, taking initiative and things like that. And most of those things are associated with masculine energy, right? So you can't really say, oh, I'm going to be the supervisor or manager and not have the assertiveness to uh, make important decisions, stand by them, um, you know, make scheduling, uh, set policies, enforce those policies. Like those things take 
um, assertiveness. So of course, most women who are successful in their career have to be assertive and exert exude some sort of masculine energy. However, it is very unfortunate that when women of color, particularly black women, are able are voicing their opinion about something or maybe even offering a different approach to something, their tone automatically is deemed to be aggressive rather than assertive. But let somebody else of another nationality or ethnicity uh, say those same things and it may be deemed as just she's passionate about it versus black women. Um, yeah, we can be extremely competent in what we're saying, but it rubs people the wrong way when we're so confident in what we're saying. I feel like a lot of that had to do with us growing in these spaces and trying to work our way past the hurdles to get to the top. And then also, too, one thing that I've noticed in, in some corporate settings is that a lot of other people, not, we, not people don't talk about this, but a lot of other women of other nationalities may even look towards black women to speak on something because they are okay with us looking big, bad, and assertive. I don't like that. In the words of, of, of the great Carisha, I don't like it. So not only are we seen as assertive, but a lot of times we can be put in the role of Captain Savum, right? If you see that Nicole, who's a black woman, um, is assertive. She gets her points ac across. She's very articulate, you know, and she's very knowledgeable and they take her word seriously, right? The other women in the space will literally have an issue, take it to Nicole and hope that Nicole is the one that voices her opinion in the meeting so that it's said because they didn't have the guts to say it themselves. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. And I'm like, so why are you bringing the problem to me? Why aren't you bringing the problem to the, to the manager? I can't do nothing about that. But they're coming to me because they know that I will say something if I feel the same way. And they want you to say it because you're, they're okay with you looking like the bad guy. They don't want to seem like the bad guy. And, and I have to stop myself because I'm like, I know this, I know you didn't just do this. Like, I know what you're doing. And I have to pause and, 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 and make sure that I'm not just, I'm not speaking for just you. I'm speaking for me. And if you have an issue on something that I don't have an issue with, that's not my problem. Sometimes you have to say, that's not my problem. If you have a grievance with that, you take that up with, with the boss or you take that up with the customer. But for you to come to me because you know I'm going to say something and you're going to basically use me as kind of like a shield in order to get something you want done. Oh, no, but we're not playing those games. <laughs> we're, we're not playing those games. I'm not your knight in shining armor. I know there's a meme going around like this, like a black guy and a black woman. 
eating dinner and the waitress forgets his ranch dressing and the girl is like where's his ranch dressing like basically if the woman doesn't speak up for the man and argue with the server about his you know messed up meal then he don't want her while it's hilarious right like you know you're taking up for your guy right that's your boo you're taking up for him so while that's hilarious that can be kind of dangerous if you keep up that narrative that the black woman is everybody's savior because we're not okay we gotta we gotta you gotta chill on that narrative because you're, you're gonna get mad when you constantly put in position to save other people and nobody's there to save you but um as Amanda Seals would say, right? Okay. So on a lighter note, the Emmys were a couple of days ago. And while I didn't watch the whole ceremony, I am excited to see the winners. Um, Mama Shirley Ralph. Let me tell you, Shirley Ralph has been on my TV screen since I was about six years old. That woman is the epitome of grace, okay? She has been extremely graceful in her career since, you know, she did Dream Girls back in the day. And on my TV screen, she was Dee Mitchell, Moesha's stepmother. And and she wasn't no Claire Huxtable. She stuck up for her guns. She stood by Frank Mitchell, okay? But then she told Frank Mitchell when he was wrong too. So that was, I think, the epitome of what a stepmother should be. Oftentimes, we didn't even see that on TV, the stepmother. And if she was a stepmother, she was, you know, most hated and evil and things like that but when they when she was on Moesha and she played Dee Mitchell she was I think the perfect stepmother she knew her place she knew when to step up and say something she knew when to help out Moesha and I just thought it was fantastic she also you know recently is just shining on Abbott Elementary you know she's always been I think a, a well-rounded woman a very diverse actress and I just love 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 Shirley Ralph so kudos to her for getting her flowers this past week I think that she is it's long overdue but well deserved uh same goes for Lizzo for getting her Emmy um for her reality tv show and of course, Quinta Bronson for doing kind of the impossible, um, coming from Vine and now is at the top of her game uh, on Abbott Elementary. I just can't um, be more happy for them, seriously. So y'all, they coming out with a new Whitney Houston movie. I just don't understand. So, so a new trailer for the new Whitney Houston biopic called I Want to Dance with Somebody was just released today. And I am just floored how they just keep coming up with the same movie over and over again. Like, let Whitney rest, y'all. Let Whitney rest. Like, the lady is tired. She is in her grave. God rest her soul. Let that lady rest, okay? It's just like every year they're coming out with a new movie. And while I know they probably will showcase some great scenes, the, the trailer looked awesome, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, it looked like they had Whitney's actual voice singing. And it just, you know, the visuals looked great. But I think that 
it can be quite exhausting when you are time and time again telling somebody's story who's not here to help with that storytelling. I think it's very deceitful. I think it's a little underhanded um, because Whitney has is not here to tell her side of the story. It's not quite the same when somebody isn't here to tell their side of the story to invoke that emotion like exactly how they felt when this happened to get the you know sensory right to get the feeling right to get the wardrobe right like it just makes a big difference when the actual person is a part of the project same thing goes with Mike Tyson with this new project um Mike on Hulu you know he wasn't a part of that movie. He wasn't a part of making the movie. It was solely done by other people from the outside looking in. And while it could be effective, it's not the most accurate. It's not the uh, most genuine um Uh, type of movie a type of film because that person just wasn't a part of it and it's just not going to have that same thing that that person would be able to offer so with this Whitney Houston movie the problem is just that it's just been done so much that you kind of ask yourself okay what else is there to tell you know the woman had a phenomenal career she was very successful arguably the greatest voice of all time okay and so for you guys to continually pluck at her story is kind of you know uh, I I just I can't I don't like it (laughs) I ain't gonna lie I may watch it you know I just think that we just gotta chill with the biographies and the post you know death biographies we gotta chill on that because I just don't think it's right so since we're talking about movies um I want to get into my watch list of the week (laughs) you see my little theme song there Mm -hmm. but anyways this week it would have to be Queen Latifah's new movie y'all I I just gotta do another sigh because I'm just (laughs) This week, I watched Queen Latifah's new movie, End of the Road, that is on Netflix. I love me some Queen Latifah. I mean, you know, she the queen. She barely does any wrong in my eyes. You know, she always had great films, classic films, um, and she a great, you know, rap career. I, I just love Queen Latifah. It is, is what it is. However... Um, this movie, which I did find out that she was also the producer of, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't good. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I must, I must say it with my chest. It, 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 it wasn't good. Um, while there were good parts of it, you know, um, I can understand the sentiment of being black in Midwest and how, you know, you could feel uneasy with it and you just, you know, you may have lost your home. Spoiler alert, by the way. Um, you may have lost your home due to your spouse's illness, you know, and how it can be a great financial load and financial burden on your family and you have to make drastic moves and things like that. I I can completely um, uh, sympathize with that kind of story. Um, However, the actual movie itself, it was shot well. I think that, you know, some of the cinematography was really good. You know, how it was, you know, 
um, the color grading and how they incorporated a lot of neon into, you know, the desert because it can be very bland. Like the desert can itself be very bland. So they tried to incorporate different colors, like the color of the door and being bright and things like that. Like I, I look for those kind of visual things of the movie, but the plot and the writing and uh, some of the acting it uh, is given very C plus it's given very C plus. Um, I would say that for one, you know, Queen Latifah's wig, it, it was given very Tyler Perry. It was, it, it, cause she had faux locks and while regular faux locks would have sufficed, you know, if she actually used her hair in the faux locks, but they decided to do a faux locks wig and that may not have been the best choice. You know, it just looked very synthetic. Um, and then you had, uh, Chris Todd Bridges, also known as Ludacris, his character. While I don't mind, you know, Ludacris as an actor at all, his character, I think was very underdeveloped because he was kind of seen as being a a mess up a screw up they also made him out to be very childish right grown man you can tell he's in his late 30s but the way he was portrayed in the movie gave very um immature um almost to the point where she couldn't even trust him to take care of her kids. She couldn't even trust him to make right decisions. And, you know, it was just, and she couldn't even, she was the one to, again, black woman savior, always be the one to speak out against the racists in the movie. Like, hold on brother. Let me get my behind out the car and go speak to these two a racist men with guns and try to defuse the situation instead of letting him do it. Like that. I was like, what are we doing here? Why is this black woman? I understand those are your kids in the car and you want to be mama bear and protect them. But in every situation, she was basically telling him, no, you chill. I'll do it. I was like, okay, I, I for one can't get, can't get with this. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, but anyways, that just was kind of the gist of the movie was her being, uh, uh, the equalizer in the desert and with the bad wig. And it just wasn't given what it was supposed to give. However, I'm not ever going to disrespect Queen Latifah in a sense, because I understand her business mind. I understand her, you know, her, her many, many talents. And I just think that maybe this was a project that, um, could utilize a bit more resources or maybe just a little bit more time to flush out. And it could have been a better movie. Um, lastly, I want to get into the tune of the week, which let me tell you, this artist has been under my radar for a long time. I'm really just now discovering this person. I knew of him, but I did not know. I did not know how dope he was. And I'm talking about the artist J.I.D. or Jid. Um, he just released an album. Uh, entitled the forever story and let me tell you I have been jamming this all week okay um it really started with me noticing his tiny desk that he did 
And NPR's Tiny Desk always does a great job of making it plain and simple, but also very artistic, right? So uh, just doing his song acapella and having that intimate, you know, band and intimate backup singer sing the songs, I fell in love. So I just started digging into his crates and I figured out that he had a new album coming out. And um, let me tell you the forever story. A one, A one. So from the tiny desk, I discovered these two songs that I've been playing over and over and over again called Galaxy and Surround Sound. I mean, the way he rides the beat, his flow, his sound, uh, I just can't get enough of it. I've been playing it over and over and over again. And so if you ever need a tune, if you need a tune to listen to, um, to kind of, you know, have a mix of hip hop, a mix of R&B. And to be honest with you, J.I.D. actually kind of has a similar sound as another artist named Smino. And I know that they, you know, kind of they kind of hang together. They have some kind of affiliation or whatever. But like the way those two artists kind of ride the beat and change up the flow and change their pitch, like I just love it. That's about for sure, for sure. Uh, that is my tune of the week. So please check it out. So anyways, thank you for tuning in to episode two of Pretty Suited Podcast. It has been a pleasure and I want to leave you guys with this. A water bottle can be $2, $5, or $10, depending on where you are. But what makes it valuable is where it is. So if you're not feeling valued where you are, you might just need to change your environment. Have a good one. I'll see you next week. Bye.